But the way our system is set up, it's our turn now to fix it. No matter what you do, no matter who you are, whether you're rich, you're poor, gay, straight, black, white, whatever, everything that you do in life is politics. Bridge the city, whoa, whoa. bridge the city, yeah. Bridge the city, yeah. Gotta bridge the city, the city. Bridge the city, whoa, whoa. bridge the city, yeah. Bridge the city, yeah. Gotta bridge the city, the city. Welcome to Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in the great city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our mission is to bridge together people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action. My name is Kyle Heggie, and today on the podcast, we have Christopher Walton, who is currently the Milwaukee County Chair of the Democratic Party. Just a reminder, Bridge the City is nonpartisan. This is not an endorsement of a certain political party. Uh, confident you can all make up your own minds about that but it is an endorsement of getting involved in your community and it is an endorsement of action steps and these two things Chris has been doing for a long time and is a very inspiring guy and delivers some really great messages on this interview Uh, very fortunate to have him on the podcast and before we get to that if you haven't noticed Bridge the City has a Patreon account Patreon is basically a way for you know everyday people to throw a little bit of money towards content creators we're up to five or six patrons now okay we're making t-shirts for all our patrons they're going to be walking around in a bridge the city shirt and you're not going to have one and you're going to look so foolish walking around without this shirt it's going to be fire so if you're interested in supporting the mission of the podcast you can just google bridge the city patreon find us on there and that money just goes to our email accounts running the website running the radio show and equipment costs if you're not going to do that you can at least rate and review the podcast on apple podcasts that essentially just helps other people discover the show and make changes in their community and if you're not going to do either of those you got to like write us a nice letter or something all right so anyways that's the introduction let's move on to the interview the more the more important part again this is christopher walton he is chair of the milwaukee county democratic party enjoy the interview Well, my name is Chris Walton. I'm the chairman of the Democratic Party of Milwaukee County. Wonderful. And we're going to get into what exactly a chairman is, because I don't know if everyone knows <laughs> what your role is. But first, let's focus on you. So what's um, what's the background? What's your relationship with Milwaukee? And what was your life like growing up? Sure. Born and raised here in Milwaukee. Uh, grew up on the north side of the city, uh, 19th and Capitol, the Rufus King area. So that that is home. Uh, my family is originally from down south. My Both of my grandmothers are from Mississippi. My father's father is from Louisiana, and my mother's father is from Tennessee. So uh, the Great Migration brought my family here to the Midwest. Born and raised, though, grew up, went to public school, went to NPS, went to Garden Homes. Uh, shout out to Garden Homes, anybody listening on the podcast. Uh, then I turned around and went to Samuel Morris Middle School, and then I went to Mesmer for high school. Been all over ever since. Um, went to college at Mississippi State University. So tried to go and see something different, go back, a little family down there. After college, came back here, worked on the President President Obama's campaign, his re-election campaign at the time, and I just became a national political operative running on campaigns all over the country. So you shared an article and you said at nine years old, mm-hmm. you decided you were going to become president. Yeah. And I think when I was nine years old, I was still figuring out how Legos worked. Right. And so <laughs> a little different for you. So what gave you that inspiration to be like, 
I want to get into politics, knowing that at, at young and nine, and then actually going out and executing it. Yeah. Give us some insight into that. So it was, I was nine years old. So it was about the third grade. And Miss Seibel, she, I was always really heavy in reading and stuff, really enjoyed it. And she gave me this book. It was the children's version of a biography of JFK. And I fell in love with the book and I fell in love with the Kennedys. And I just kept reading about them. And I was already really good at reading anyway. So I went and started reading more history and biographies, U.S. history, social studies. And to some people, it may feel like it devolved downhill, but it kind of rolled uphill, too, at that same point. Mm -hmm. Growing up, what was your perception of Milwaukee before you went to college? Mm -hmm. Well, um, growing up, especially in the early years, you know, I, I thought Milwaukee was was the country. I, you know, you, you don't really know. Then I figured out that Milwaukee wasn't a state, and then we were inside of Wisconsin. <laughs> and, as of course, as you get older and older, you start to realize, you know, you get that, that more well-roundedness of the world or what exactly the world is. It just really began to shape a lot of the perspectives of the world for me. You know, growing up here in Milwaukee, you know, we we have our issues. We're one of the most segregated cities in the country, um, having a very high poverty rate. You know, my grandparents, when they moved here, they moved here for the jobs that those manufacturing jobs are now gone. And so trying to figure out a way to fix that that hole that is put in the community. And it really showed up to me like, whoa, we got to figure that out because people in my generation might not necessarily think about going to work at a factory because those factory jobs have never been there for us. Um, my parents, they were probably the last generation. Neither one of my parents went to college, but they were both able to find life-sustaining careers where that probably wouldn't even be possible anymore. And so I can only imagine what struggles. You know, I went to college and I'm having financial struggles, but I went to college. That's why I'm having financial <laughs> struggles. Um, but having the financial struggles that you'll have, if it's only a high school degree and trying to take care of a family and a home and cars and you know doing all that kind of stuff. So I can only imagine what it would be like for someone now with only that. And it just really, it helped to shape the ideas that, of fairness, you know, making things equal for everybody right. that are not always the case. And so, you know, typically people cite college as a pretty transformative time. So mm -hmm. I'm curious, you thought Milwaukee was your whole world and then you go down to Mississippi State mm -hmm. studying politics, African-American studies and history, correct? Mm -hmm. What were those four years like and, and how did you become a different person through that experience? It was a really eye-opening experience, though. You know, growing up, I always had my family near nearby. They, I, I grew up on 19th. My grandmother grew up on 7th. Well, my grandmother was on 17th. My aunt was on 15th. My other grandmother was on 30th. So we were all were very much so within a little little conclave of our own. But to actually get outside of that and then to go to – and I still have family nearby in Mississippi, thankfully. But to go so far away and have to really learn it on your own is kind of a the flash in the frying pan just like figure it out. How does this work? You know, the South is a lot different than the Midwest. The first time I ever truly experienced a a racial moment, I guess is what you would call it. I was um, I was running for the student senate, and there was this guy down there. He it was me versus another. It was a girl, a white girl, a white guy, a white girl, and myself. And we were all running for the student senate from my dorm. And the girl kicked our butt. I'm coming out of the dorm the next day, and the guy's standing there, and he goes, well, she won, but at least the black guy didn't win. And, you know, I've never been the black guy before, not in that aspect. I didn't, I didn't expect to hear that because every time – I've been in a lot, of places, a lot of spaces where I am the only black guy, 
and I've never treated any differently as if, who is this guy? He doesn't belong here because he's black. And so it really, it was really a moment. It kind of took me back. And especially doing the program that I was in, working around doing African-American studies, my college was about, well, it was one county over from the murders of three civil rights workers in Philadelphia, Mississippi. And getting to know that that knowledge of those people were right, they passed right through, past where I'm at right now, getting an education and not having to fight every single day to get this education. It was because of them. You know, one time I went back to school and I took the train to Greenville, Mississippi. And it kind of hit me when I got there was the fact that this train ride that I'm taking from Chicago, I took it from Milwaukee to Chicago and then Chicago to Greenville, Mississippi. That's the same train ride that Emmett Till took. Emmett Till got off that same train at that probably that same station, but he never got to go back home. And here I am doing the same trip and going to see the monuments where uh, everything took place with his murder. But I'm going to get to go home. He never got to go home. And though his murder was a tragedy, look what it ignited. And it made it possible for me to take that same ride, to get down there, to see all the things that he went through, and to go to school and get an education, and then to go back home. Um, so you finish college, mm-hmm. and you come back to Milwaukee. Yeah. What are your next steps? What do you, what do, you do when you get back to impact the world? Mm-hmm. Um, I came back and... Worked on the campaigns, and it was really it was a really good time to be on these campaigns because at that point, President Obama was running for re-election, and Paul Ryan was on the ticket. So mm-hmm. it was like this was Wisconsin was the epicenter. It's amazing how time kind of repeats itself every now and again. Right, uh, Wisconsin was like the epicenter of politics in America at that point. Mm-hmm. And after the elections were over, and President Obama had been re-elected, it was time to try and figure out what exactly I was going to do. And I ended up moving to Washington, um, trying to find a job on Capitol Hill. But at that point, I ended up just take started to work on different campaigns around the country. And I worked on the governor's race in Virginia with Terry McAuliffe, uh, did the county executive race in Montgomery County, Maryland with Ike Leggett and the D.C. attorney general's race and the Colorado U.S. Senate race. So I started just really just traveling the country. Mm-hmm. And, at you know, I think everybody at that age in the early 20s, early mid 20s mm-hmm. should do something like that. Go and see the whole country, you know, get an idea of. You know, growing up here in the Midwest, oh, my God, those mountains in Colorado really do have snow on them. (laughs) You know, you don't see that here. You get to travel and you get to meet different people, get different perspectives and ideas. And I think that's one of the issues why we we as a country are facing a lot of the problems that we have right now, because we're becoming so locked into the certain spaces. Mm -hmm. We never really venture out beyond our own family or our own neighborhoods, our own cities. And we never learn about each other. Not saying these are the these are the root causes, because we clearly have some major issues that just going on a vacation is not going to solve. Right. But they at least have the perspective of understanding this is how they do things in Mississippi. I may not agree with them, but I understand what what's the rhyme and reason behind it. Mm-hmm. This is why they do it in Wisconsin. You know, learning those things is very important. I think something that's really inspiring when I was reading about your story and now, and now speaking to you is, one, how young you are. You're in the millennial generation. Yeah. And I think a lot of people our generation and younger they might n- have never seen politics at the federal level work. Yeah. Like we have seen 9-11 mm-hmm. and the response to that. We've seen the Great Recession and the response to that. We've seen partisan gridlock. I think for a lot of people, it's easier to say politics is broken. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get engaged with it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do something else. Right. How did you 
keep that hope saying like, I can be the difference. Mm -hmm. And how would, what would you tell someone who was like, Chris, like look at politics, it's broken. I can't make a difference. So I'm not going to get involved. What would you tell them? Right. Well, you know, honestly, it is broken. It's very much so broken, but the way our system is set up, it's our turn now to fix it. No matter what you do, no matter who you are, whether you're rich, you're poor, gay, straight, black, white, whatever, everything that you do in life is politics. Mm. Whether the streets that you drive down are going to have be pothole ridden, whether the kids are the kid, you may not even have kids, but if the kid down the street goes to a bad school, does not get an education, gets stuck in the school to prison pipeline and then breaks into your house, that's comes from not having proper educational funding all the way back then. You know, whether gun violence is happening in your communities, whether the environment is safe to breathe in or to drink the water in, all of these things are politics. So whether you want to not accept the fact that it's politics or whether if you're not into politics, politics is into you. So no matter what you're going to do, I think you really have to pay attention to this because this is these are the people who will lead your nation. And I think honestly, I think it's all of our jobs to put our hands on on the wheel of the ship of state. Yeah. And drive this boat. So you've mentioned that you were elected the county chair. Correct. For the Democratic Party. What is that position? It is a hybrid political position. Basically, I am the top Democrat in Milwaukee County. Uh, I serve as chair. I serve on the state administrative committee and the state of executive council. Um, so whenever the state Democratic Party makes a decision, I'm one of the people in the room with the state party chair and admins making those decisions. I represent the state. Well, I represent the county party and the Democratic Party here uh, doing media interviews such as this one. And another thing is just doing fundraising, making sure the county party is bringing in the amount of money to put on events mm -hmm. and make sure we're doing community outreach, voter registration, mobilizing those voters to come out. And so not only were you elected as the county chair, but it was mm -hmm. pretty historic. First openly gay black male. Yes, in chair. the country. Yeah. So outside of just being chair you know, what did that, the historic nature of that mean to you or mean to uh, your community or whoever? You know, it really didn't hit me at first. I didn't even think about it. I knew I was being, you know, it's Wisconsin. It's not exactly a large African-American population. So I knew I would probably be the only black chair in the state. Um, that, that one didn't surprise me. I didn't, it didn't surprise me that, well, it did surprise me that I would be the, the first openly gay chair. But then again, I had to think about it. That wasn't really the most acceptable thing to be in politics for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that and Earl Folks, who's the DNC LGBT caucus chair, um, he was the one who alerted me to this. Like, yeah, you're the only gay black man that's a county chair in the nation. And that's when it hit me. It was like, are you serious? Whoa. So I'm the first black man to be in this position since the Reagan era. So basically in our, in our lifetime. Um, youngest, of course, ever for Milwaukee County, and then the first openly gay. And so it's like, I have to represent a lot of people. And if I fall on my face, a lot of people are going to be looked at like, well, he couldn't do it. Maybe it's probably not, it's probably not going to work for you. Mm -hmm. And so I had to really think about the things that the party had always been labeled as or say we weren't doing. And I'm like, how do I make sure that happens? How do I make sure to push it further so that when people look back at the two and hopefully two more years in, after November, 
of my administration is like, well, Chris did this and Chris did that. And he really helped move the ball and make it easier so that the next person to come in won't have to be a first. You know, I don't mind being I don't mind being the first. I mind being the last. And so I want to make sure that the next person who comes in, be it a woman or Latina, um, whomever, I want to make sure that they have a good running party to come into, not just because of the conventions coming or we had a great election 2018. I want to make sure that the that we're set up going forward because I'm not going to be chair forever. So I want to make sure that the next chair is going to keep the ball rolling. And that's why we do a lot of community outreach. We were just recently at the Puerto Rican Family Festival. Um, matter of fact, this weekend was really busy. We have our booth at the State Fair. We were at Bronzeville Week. We were at the Puerto Rican Family Festival. So we had like three separate events going on in the same day. And one thing people used to say is we never see the county party. Like, yeah, no, nah, that's not going to happen anymore with me being chair. Mm-hmm. We're going to see us everywhere. And I, I, hopefully that will be one of the hallmarks of my administration is that the community really got to see the Milwaukee County Democratic Party everywhere. I'm just curious on are there certain issues that really that you're really passionate about mm-hmm. um, in, in your own position? And, and as far as in my own position is definitely reaching out to the communities, mm-hmm. reaching out to my different minority communities that may not necessarily feel heard. You know, reaching out to the black community. One of the big issues that we had coming out of 2016 from previous elections was the African-American turnout was down in 2016 because they didn't feel heard. They didn't feel that it was important for them to show up and vote. But I think now we have a clear and present danger that we did not even have at that point because we, you know, it's one thing to say, well, it could happen. This could happen and this could happen. But now it's actually happening. So now it's like, oh, we know what what will happen in four more years of this. So now the African-American community is way more energized and we're out knocking on doors. You know, of course you guys just had uh, Angela Lane come and speak from block. We have organizations like block out here already knocking on doors, encouraging people to be active in the community. And so now with the actual partisan parts of the elections getting ready to really start, the democratic party is going to be joining in, not necessarily joining in with block, but joining them in the fight to make sure we reach out to the African-American community, make sure we reach out to the Latinx community, making sure we reach out to the LGBT community, making sure we reach out to everybody who can go out and vote, who has been affected by the policies of this administration. And so you mentioned earlier another election coming up for yourself. Correct. So when is that election? How can people get involved in it? I'm up for re-election in November. You have to be a member of the Democratic Party to vote for me, though. Uh, You can join the Democratic Party for as low as 10 bucks a year. And especially with the convention coming up, you will get all the information and update it on every single moment by moment detail of what's happening with the convention and all different kind of stuff. And you'll get to vote for people like myself. So definitely, if you are interested, please go to www.wisdems, which is W-I-S-D-E-M-S dot org slash membership. And for $10, you can become a member. Uh, so Bridges City, we are all about action. Mm-hmm. So you, you've had a host of experiences across the country, engaging with people, mm-hmm. involving yourself in community. Right. What is a tangible action step that you would give to our listeners uh, to get more engaged in the community? I would say find 10 of your friends who did not vote in 2016 and make sure they are one registered to vote, make sure they are going to vote. And if they are so inclined to support Democratic candidates, find a weekend for you all to go and knock on some doors, encourage people to come out and vote. And so I know like I had worked on campaigns in the past mm-hmm. and 
the first time door knocking is so, oh, yeah. it can be so scary. Oh, yeah. So do you just have advice on like, what is that like and how do you overcome that? And ultimately I, it ends up being pretty fun, but I, I got years of experience on knocking doors. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely say, you know, it, it, the worst thing that can happen is they open a door and say hello. Cause a lot of times most people don't come and knock on the door. When you knock on the door and nobody comes, then you end up leaving your lit and you just go to the next door. So they open a door. Now you have to actually talk and it's really exciting. Maybe it's just me. I could be a little bit of a political nerd, right? But I, I rather enjoy it. And you get to tell someone what issues are important to you and why you think they should support the candidate that you're supporting. So I, I think it's a very, it's kind of like a roller coaster a little bit. You know, you even get maybe get a couple bumps on the road. It's fun, though. You know, you're getting to meet your neighbors and your community. You're finding out what issues are important to them. And you're talking about the issues that are important to you right. and you're having a conversation. So I think, you know, knocking on doors is one of the best is one of the most important parts of a campaign. Mm-hmm. So get out there and try it. And so in the article too, you mentioned three words that I think mm-hmm. are very critical in the time that we live in. They were hope, persistence and audacity. Yeah. And I would like to end on just hearing you talk about what really speaks to you in those words and what message can they deliver for you know, this generation and future generations going forward. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, President Obama ran, that was kind of a slogan for him, but it, it's really true. Hope is one of the most human of, of emotions that we have. You know, when a, when a baby is born, you hope that the kid's going to be all right. And I, I know my niece was just born uh, recently this month and well, not this month, last month. I forget it's August instead right. of July now, but it's like, I hope she's going to be okay. I hope she'll get a good education and do all the things that she could ever imagine doing. You know, for myself, it's like, I hope that I hope hopefully work will be good tomorrow. I wake up and maybe I'll get a bonus or something. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody gets up and you have to have that hope. Before, that's the reason you get up and being persistent. You know, my grandmother really in, installed in me to be persistent. If something is important to you, work for it, fight for it, make sure that, Every day you put in the work to let everybody know that this is important to me. This is something I care about. And when it's all said and done, whether it works out for the best or it doesn't work out, you tried. You really put all the effort you have into it to make things work out the way you wanted to. And it'll make it easier to go to sleep that night. Because if you really kind of phoned it in and then it doesn't go your way, it's like, well, I could have did this and I could have did that. It kind of leaves it up to fade at that point Mm -hmm. and then just audacity growing up as a a gay black kid from the north side of milwaukee and thinking i could be president one day there's no shortage of audacity there (laughs) and and if i make it great if i don't that's okay i tried but that all circles back to hey i hoped i tried well chris thank you so much for being on bridge the city i think not only did you provide good action steps but your you know, the type of person that we want our listeners to feel inspired by. I think your commitment to engaging with the community, uh, to fighting for what you believe in, to trying to make Milwaukee, the whole county, a more equitable place. That's what everyone should be doing. So thank you for your service uh, and good luck going forward. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridge the City with Milwaukee County Chair of the Democratic Party, Christopher Walton. 
I thought this was a really great episode, and I, I want to just point out one thing, and that is Chris still remembered the name of his elementary school teacher that really got him into reading about politics and, and into politics. And I think that was just a great reminder on how we all have the capacity to really inspire and to change the trajectory of others um, just by being encouraging and kind. And, and I think that's a really empowering feeling. And one more note, his action step involved voting. Just a reminder that you can check your registration status, figure out all that on myvote.we.gov. That's myvote.wi.gov. Check that website, make sure you're registered, find your polling location. You can check who your elected officials are, who's going to be on the ballot, etc. Send that link to some friends, uh, put the next election on your calendar. Just make sure you're, you're all registered to vote and uh, you know what's going to be on the ballot. With that being said, thanks for listening to this episode number 46 of the podcast. And also thanks for helping bridge the city.